Well, you know, when I, I talk about, you know, may, maybe you come here and you're, you're not a believer or you're not necessarily a Christian or walking the Christian life, and we're continuing our series in the book of James, Walk the Walk. And what's interest, one of the interesting things about James that I believe is that he originally wasn't a follower of Jesus. Jesus was his half-brother, but originally he didn't believe. He didn't come to a belief in Jesus until he saw the resurrected Christ firsthand. And how much, that, that statement is true many times in our own lives. Because we're not necessarily a believer fully until we experience the risen power of Jesus Christ in our life. And James, I think, can talk so boldly and with, and with such authority in his book because he actually did see the resurrected Christ. And he understood the power. That, that's why he was able to talk so boldly. And he goes on where Paul calls him a pillar in the church. And James, was a, James wasn't one of these guys that it was, you know, fluffy language or flowery language or was there to make you feel good. He had pointed, directed speech on how to live a godly, obedient life. He was devoted to direct talking points, let's say. Very much like the book of Proverbs. It's very practical. One of the, I think, to me, one of the best things about the book of James is that it is super, super practical. Not, not, not for you to win some sort of spiritual argument or to prove some sort of spiritual theory, but to win in your life. That's what the book of James has called us to do. The book of James really outlines to us a God, a God who is interested in our day-to-day -day lives. These things that James talks about, they're practical applications that we can do every day. And in some ways, it's very similar to Paul's writings, where Paul emphasized justification by faith. But what James's emphasis on is that spiritual fruitful, fruitfulness will prove your one and true faith. So what he's saying is he's basically saying, hey, don't, don't, don't tell me how much faith you have. Don't tell me all this that you know about the Bible. Show me. Walk it out. Be obedient to what God's called you to do. And when you walk those things out and put those things into practice, that, that, that's your real faith. Pe people, will, people will see your faith. It's like raising your kids, right? They're not listening to a word you're saying. It, it takes a while to let that sink in, right? For the most part, they're, they're not listening to what you're saying. But I'll tell you this. They are watching every move you make. They are watching every move you make. And it's interesting as James, the context of James, and I, I think this is important because sometimes we think these people in the Bible, you know, they, they were just living, they were like living in the Garden of Eden, right? Everything was, was perfect, and they didn't have to deal with anything. But James is talking to a people that they were dealing with the same problems that we are today. They were talking, they were dealing with social problems, business problems, personal problems. And they do what we do sometimes is they, they, they turn away from God and they figure out that, that they try to do them themselves. And they take, instead of giving control back to our creator, they take more control. 
And they were, they, they talked the good game, but they didn't walk the walk, right? There's lots of spiritual people that we know that, man, they, they can list the Ten Commandments. They know all the books of the Bible. They can list the disciples. But does their life prove that out? That these are the types of things that James is talking about this morning. And the topic this morning is prayer. I don't know. We've had a lot of topics on James. I'm not even sure what week this is. Anybody know what week this is? Week eight. Week eight. Week eight. Got Pastor Guy is trying to redeem himself. Week eight. All right, brother. All right, brother. We're on the same page. This is week eight. My topic is prayer. For a split second, I was wondering why Micah was trying to flag me down back there, but okay, it's part nine. So, Pastor Guy, Pastor Guy, you're 0 for 2. You're, you're, you're 0 for 2. I'll give you one more chance. If you get that right, you'd be 1 for 3, which around here is not very good. If you were a baseball player, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. If you're a baseball fan, you understood that. If you're not, you don't. But prayer, James talks a lot about prayer. He talks about when we should pray how we should pray, to whom we should pray with, and maybe more importantly, the power of prayer. If you have your Bibles here today, our text for the day is going to be, yep, you guessed it, in James. And we're going to start in chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Point number one this morning, pray for yourselves. Pray for yourselves. Verse 13, what does it say? Is anyone, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. You pray first. I say that, you may think that sounds super simple, and it is, but how many times in our life do we go through a situation where we need prayer, and our first instinct is to think, man, I need to call a prayer partner. I need to call a pastor. I need to call somebody in my life group. I need to wait until next Sunday to talk to somebody and ask them to pray for me. Those are all good things. Those are all good things. What I'm submitting you to this morning is the very first step, the very first thing to do is to pray for yourself. You have this awesome opportunity every single moment of your entire life to pray to the God in heaven, the man who created you. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That's the opportunity we have. Our first step is pray for ourselves. Everybody wants control in your life, right? Anybody want control over their life? We have no control freaks out here. We have none. We've got a couple. Thank you for participating. Pastor Guy didn't participate, but he's scared to death to say anything at this point. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, bro. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 
But the greatest way to take control of your life, I'm telling you right now, is to pray. Is to pray. Having a life of prayer is the greatest spiritual discipline you can ever develop. Having a life of prayer is the greatest spiritual habit. And it's a habit. It needs to be and has to be a daily habit that you participate in every single day. It's a spiritual discipline that we have to have. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, man, life is so busy. I don't have time to, I don't have much time to pray. I pray on Sundays. I even stay after service and visit the prayer room. Again, all great things. But this has got to be a daily habit. I'll give you three quick tips. If you're out there thinking, I, I don't know how to develop a habit of prayer. I'll give you three quick, quick, tr- quick tips, if I can say that. Number one. Pick a time. Just pick a time. Number two, pick a place. Just pick a place. Number three, have a plan. Pick a time. Pick a place. Have a plan. Anybody can do that. 7.30 in the morning, at your kitchen table, You're already two out of three. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I can do the first two. I I can pick a time. I can pick a place. But I don't have a plan. Here's your plan. Just sit there. Just sit there. If you want to be super spiritual, bring your Bible. Just read a scripture out loud. Any of them. There's thousands of them. Or better yet, your plan might be, Heavenly Father, I have no idea what to do right now. I don't know what to do next. But I'm giving you the opportunity to meet with me. These are habits and spiritual disciplines that we have to have. Has anybody read the book Atomic Habits or heard of the book Atomic Habits? A couple people. Here's the definition of an atomic habit. And I believe we have, will we have this definition up there? Here's the definition of atomic habit. An atomic habit is a regular practice or routine that is not only small and easy to do, but is also the source of incredible power. Prayer is an atomic habit. I'm going to read that again. An atomic habit is a regular practice or routine that is not only small and easy to do, but is also the source of incredible power. That's what prayer does. And I know I'm being super practical right now, but I promise you I'm going somewhere. Staying in in this context, has anybody heard the term habit stacking? Okay, here's what habit stacking is. Here's the, the definition of habit stacking is identify a current habit that you already do each day and then stack a new behavior on top of it. Whether you realize or not, you're creatures of habit. And here I'm going to give you an example from my own life of, of habit stacking. It actually has to do with prayer. Here's what habit stacking is. Every morning for years, I mean, I'm getting old, so for years I, I've done this. I get up in the morning, 
I walk downstairs. I start the coffee maker. I go sit in the chair in front of the TV. I turn the TV on, and I watch TV until the coffee's done. When the coffee's done, I go get a cup of coffee, and I go back to the chair. My plan at that point is to pray. That is my prayer time with the TV on. But that's my prayer time. But in my mind, as soon as I get the coffee, I go back to the chair, I turn the TV off, and pray. Well, how many do you know, how many do you know that like that, that doesn't happen all the time, right? You're watching the news that you have to know, or the sports, or the financial markets, or whatever. And, and for, this was years ago, I did this habit years ago, it wasn't just like yesterday I decided to do this. But, right, so you, get, you catch yourself, hey, well, I watch TV for 10 minutes. I watch TV for 20 minutes. I watch for a half hour. Oh, I guess it's time to go to work. I better go. But here's what habit stacking does. That's my habit, right? But I have got to figure out a habit to where I actually pray, I actually do what I'm trying to do. So here's what I do. Every morning, and this is what I do right now. Here's my routine, and my wife can tell you this. I get up in the morning. I go downstairs. I, press, I turn the coffee maker on. Everything's the same. When I press the coffee maker on, I go into my office and I grab my Bible and my notebook and then I go to sit in my chair in front of the TV and I turn the TV on. Everything's the same except I've grabbed the Bible and the notebook. When the coffee's done, I go get my cup of coffee, I come back and my habit is now because my Bible and notebook is there, I turn the TV off and pray. I don't know if you understood what I'm just saying, but that's an example of habit stacking. I didn't change the entire course of my life or my morning. I changed one thing. Matter of fact, I didn't actually change anything. I just added something. I added a, I added a new behavior on top of a current behavior. That's what habit stacking is. We need to do whatever we can in order to make prayer a spiritual Habit. I'll give you another super practical thing. If you, if you don't pray or you're not in the habit of prayer and you want to develop this habit, here, here's, what I would, here's what I say is a good idea. If you're going to do this tomorrow, sit down, get your Bible or whatever. You don't even have to have Bible to pray. Do, do it for one minute. And the next day, do it for one minute. And the next day, do it for one minute. The next day, do it for one minute. It takes time to create a habit. At the end of this message, if you're motivated and inspired to pray, and you're thinking, oh man, this is awesome. This was game changing. I'm going to take, take a half day tomorrow, and I'm going to get up at 5 a.m., and I'm going to pray for like five hours. Don't do it. <laughs> now, I know Pastor Matt's going to be mad at me now, but I still say, don't do it. Because you know what you're going to do on Tuesday? I don't know what you're going to do Tuesday. I can tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to pray. Because it was exhausting. You were sore. It's like the guy that goes to the gym and he's going to lose a bunch of weight, right? And he goes to the gym and, man, he's pumping iron for an hour. Guess what he's going to do tomorrow? Not going to lose weights because he can't move. <laughs> he's sore. This is a spiritual habit. I know I'm spending way too much time explaining this, but, but this is, if you, if you take anything out of this morning, your prayer life has got to be a spiritual habit. That's the way it works. That's the way life works. I, I actually ran into a guy that I hadn't seen in a long time, in about a year, and he lost like 40 pounds. And I said, oh man, you look, you look great. How, 
How'd you lose 40 pounds? I mean, you look like a totally different person. You, you, look, you look unbelievable. And he's like, Mike, you wouldn't believe it. He's like, six months ago, I went to the gym one time. One time. The next thing I know, I, I lost 40 pounds. Half of you are so confused right now. No, that didn't happen. He said, yeah, I stopped drinking six months ago, and I started working out every day. That's how we did it. And you laugh, but many times, hey, I'm just with you, right? I, I do the same things, right? You, you pray one time, and you, you, you expect heaven and earth to move. It's a spiritual habit that we have to develop. Luke twenty two forty six 46 says, why do you sleep? Rise and pray. Lest you, lest you enter temptation. Prayer is the greatest way for us to take control of our spiritual life. And why do we have to do this? 1 Peter 5 and 8. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why this is so important. That's real. That's going on. We need to be, we need to be prayed up. We need to be prayed up for what's going on. Hey, when a time of adversity hits or a time of, 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 of terrible circumstance hit, you don't have time to call a prayer partner. You can't wait till the next time you decide to go to church. We need to pray now. The devil is out there. And not to be, I'm, I'm not, not trying to scare you, but like that's what the scripture says. And we also have scriptures, John 10, 10, right? I know you've heard me say John 10, 10 a bunch of times. That's, that's my, my life verse. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And you say, that's kind of a weird verse to be your life verse. It's because I didn't tell you the whole verse yet. First John 10, John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. That, that's the entire picture. Matter of fact, the way I look at it, my perspective, that's, that's in some ways, that's the entire picture of the gospel of my life. Every day when my feet hit the floor, I've got a choice to make, and it has to do with John 10, 10. Which side of that verse am I going to believe? Which side of John 10, 10 are you going to believe? Are you going to walk up saying, man, the, the, the devil's out to devour me? No, our, when our feet hit the floor, we have to say, man, there is a God up in heaven. Just like we sang this morning, there's a God up in heaven that is for me. There's a God up in heaven that cares for me. There's a God up in heaven that loves me. Hey, the people around me may not love me all the time. But God does. That's the God that we serve, and that's the God that we need to communicate with on a daily basis. Point number two. Point number two, pray with faith. We need to, this sounds silly too, but we need to pray with faith in God, not faith in ourselves. Faith, our prayer is not a motivational exercise. Faith, prayer is not a, a, a motivational exercise inspirational thing that you do in the morning 
to pat yourself on the back and tell all these, God, tell all these things to God that you're actually going to do no matter what he says. No, it's the prayer of the faith in James 5 in our, in our text. It says the prayer of the faith. The prayer of the faith will save the sick person. Our prayer life has two components, God's part and our part. There's one part that's supernatural, and there's one part that's not. Guess which one your part is? The parts that not supernatural. That's why we need to go to him in prayer, in faith, because when we do that, he can speak to us. He, he, can, he can heal diseases. He can save souls. He can, he, can, he can help you deal with your anxiety, your loss, your stress, your loneliness. You name the issue. He's there with the answer. That's the God that we serve. But we can only get his wisdom and his grace and his mercy when we communicate with him. Prayer is the way we communicate with God. It's the spiritual discipline that we have to have. Hey, we, we come into this church and say, God, we, we love God so much. I've invited Jesus in my heart and I love him. But it's kind of like my wife. I can tell my wife that I love her so much. I love you, I love you, I love you. We, you, you stand up on that altar years ago and, and you, you, you recite the marital vows about your love. Well, if I never communicate with her, if I never talk to her, if I never spend time with her, do I really love her? Same with our life with Jesus Christ. I could stand up here and boldly say how much I love Jesus, but do I spend time with him? Do I talk to him? Do I communicate to him? Am I building a relationship with him? And your relationship with Jesus Christ, your prayer time, the time you spend with God, it's my opinion that it's going to look very similar to your other relationships with human beings. Notice, I'm telling you, pick a time, pick a place, have a plan. I am not telling you what the time should be, where the place should be. That is all an individual basis. For myself, like again, if you contrast, my wife and I, I'm a, you know, I hate to admit, I'm one of these guys when my wife, I come home, my wife says, hey, how was your day? Good. Were you busy? Yeah. What'd you do? Nothing. <laughs> Who'd you talk to? I don't know. I ask her, hey, how was your day? <laughs> it's just longer, Pastor Guy. There's nothing wrong. It's just longer. It's just longer. But I say that because my time with the Lord looks a whole lot different than hers. Is, does it mean that mine is right or hers is right? No. 
we have this individual relationship with Jesus Christ. So your time spent with God, you can't compare it to anybody else. Right? I, I'll be the first to, and maybe this is why I, I believe this, because like my wife, you want to talk about a prayer warrior? I mean, my wife is the prayer warrior of the family. Not, not, that, I'm, not that I'm abdicating my role as the spiritual head of the household or, or all that. But as far as time spent, I, I can't. She whoops me. <laughs> Does that mean that I'm not a very good prayer warrior? Nope. I just do it my own way. You're, you're just going to do it in your own way. That's between you and God. Amen? Amen. Point number three. Pray with power. Pray with power. And the first two points, you, you could kind of say that, I hate to say it this way, but you know, they, they're the bare minimum. They set the bar. This, that, that's kind of like, that, 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 that's the floor. That's the baseline. But number three, pray with power. Man, to me, this is where the game changes. This is where the game changes. And there's a great scripture in 1 Chronicles. There's a little book called The Prayer of Jabez. Anybody ever read that book? And here's what 1 Chronicles 4.10 says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause him pain. So God granted him what he requested. It's a powerful verse. But as I've read this recently... Here's the part that jumps out to me. At the very beginning, it doesn't say, and Jabez had his morning prayer time, or he met with the elders, or he went to church and had a powerful experience, or he got up early. Here's what it says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Jabez called on the God of Israel. There's a passion in that, right? There's power in that. I told you what my prayer routine was, right? Hey, I wake up, I stumble out of bed, I make my coffee, I grab my Bible, and I pray. You know, now that I've been meditating on this verse, you know what that needs to change to for me? And needs to change too is Mike woke up and he called on the name of the God of Israel. There's a difference. Are we praying just to go through the motions? Are we praying just because I heard this goofy guy preach a message on prayer that is kind of important? Or are we praying on the God of Israel? Are we calling on his name? Are we calling on every attribute that we've ever known about God and then some? That's what we have to have the attitude. Are we calling on the name? King of kings, 
Lord of Lords. God, I am calling on your name. As a matter of fact, I can't hardly go forward with anything else in my life until I call on your name, the most powerful name there will ever be. It worked 2,000 years ago. It'll work today. It'll work 2,000 years from now. I don't care what your problem is, what your circumstance is, what you're dealing with, what you're going to deal with. We have to call on the name of the God of Israel. That's what we need to do. We need to pray with power. And again, we look at Bible stories of these Bible characters. We say, man, these are, these are powerful people. And they are. But at the same time, they are no different than we are. Right? Let's face it. Sometimes, sometimes we, we feel like we're spiritual giants. Right? When, when you walk in here this morning and Pastor Guy and the team are worshiping, there's probably a lot of us, man, we feel like spiritual giants. And then like sometime on Tuesday, you're going to be thinking, man, I'm a loser. No one shakes their head on that, right? The same thing of these, these Bible characters. Man, they're powerful men and women. You know what these powerful people of the Bible look like on Tuesdays? Losers. Not sure whether you're laughing with me <laughs> or laughing at me. Yeah. It's probably coming. <laughs> but in James, it talks about Elijah. And what's interesting about Elijah is we see Elijah as a powerful man of God, right? We see him outrunning chariots, raising the dead, resting in the wilderness to be fed by ravens, calling down fire from heaven. He prays for rain and it rains. He prays for it to stop and it stops. This powerful guy. And in his powerful moments, he sounds like this in 1 Kings 18.21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, Not a word. Those are, that's, that's him in his strong time. But then we see in the next chapter that he's running from Jezebel. He's running from the queen. This powerful guy. This powerful guy, and he's running away. But James warns us in verse 17 of chapter 5 where he says, Elijah, before he talks about the great things of Elijah, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, it did not rain on the land for three years, and he prayed again, and the earth gave rain, and the earth produces fruit. But even while he was doing that, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah was a great prophet. He was a strong man. But, it, but when it comes to your prayer life, none of those things 
actually matter. None of those conquests, none of those things actually matter. And if we go back to 1 Kings, now he's running from Jezebel. And he hides in a cave. And here's what it says in verse 9. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, here's what God says to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? The Bible's way more eloquent than I am. But here's basically what God is saying. God is saying, and he could probably say this to all of us. What God is saying to Elijah in this moment is, I have been with you in all these times. I have showed up for you all these times. And now you're running? You're running? He's saying, he's saying, hey, you idiot. What in the world are you doing? What in the world are you thinking? I've met you exactly where you needed and not every single time, and now you're running? You're hiding in a cave? How many times do we do that? We run and we hide in our own caves. And it goes on to say, so he said, here's, what, here's Elijah's answer, which kind of sounds like us. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Excuse after excuse after excuse, but here's what the Lord says. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Again, the Mike Lemp translation be a man. Get out of the cave. How long are you going to stay in here anyway? You're going to stay in here forever? And not use my power? And behold, the Lord passed by. Elijah, at this point, my guess is he's kind of like, maybe like me. I'd be like, yeah, God, I'm running, but I just need a sign. Just send me a sign. Like, like the few hundred signs you've given me, like the first 50 years of my life, like I need something else. I need a sign. Prove yourself again to me. I need something big. So as Elijah's looking for a sign, and behold, strong, the, and behold, strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. He's probably thinking, all right, this is awesome. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. And Elijah's probably thinking, oh, this is great. Man, he's shaking things up. But he still hears nothing. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. 
Most times, when God speaks to us, it's going to be in that still, small voice. And can we be a people that can hear that still, small voice? Can we spend time with our Creator and hear that still, small voice? We have lots of things that we deal with in life. Life is, life is not easy. I can get up here every Sunday and champion my life verse and talk about John 10, 10. Man, man, this is great. This is great. As great as it is, it's hard. It's hard. What am I, I going to do now? What am I going to do next? What do you want me to do tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But when we spend time with God, when we communicate with God, we can hear the still, small voice that can direct us, that can guide us. And we don't, in our prayer time, it, it's an intimate setting with you and your spiritual father. He, he knows what you're going to ask anyway. You might as well ask it. Right? You, you, don't, need, you don't need to figure out what you're going to say before you get there. You don't need to figure out a bunch of fancy words to say. Or things that sound real spiritual. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You've heard, you've heard people pray. I mean, not in this church, but you've heard people pray and the, the person's praying and like they're using these big, fancy spiritual words and you're like, holy cow, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. Then he goes on and on. You're like, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's not even Biblical. Pick a time. Pick a place. Have a plan. Say, God, here I am. I mean, I am calling on your name. I am calling on your name. Because I have got to hear that still, small voice to guide me, to direct me, to give me grace, to give me wisdom, give me courage, give me strength. That's the type of prayer life we have to have that's usable. It's usable for my day-to-day life, for everything, the spiritual and the practical. That's what God wants to deliver for us. Here's my question. I end with a question. Pastor Guy, you guys can come up. Here's my question. Have you maybe underestimated the power of prayer? Have you maybe underestimated the power 
of prayer. But when you answer that question, I'm not talking about prayer generically. I mean, I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to pray for my community. I'm going to pray for whatever. I'm talking about, have you underestimated the power of prayer in your own life? When it comes to your day-to-day decisions. This is what we have to know. This is, I've written these things down. This is what we have to contend for. We have to contend for that I understand that God has a plan for my life. That God has a plan for my life. That I realize my dependency is on His power, not mine. That I realize that faith-filled, fervent prayers means that I communicate with God and that I receive his direction. And that I am continually driven to a life of prayer. Making it a spiritual habit. A spiritual discipline. That I am calling on his name in every situation. In every moment. And as we stand and pray, or stand and worship, think about these things. And think about it, if you would, in the simplest of terms. Pick a time. Pick a place. Have a plan. See, there's a, there's a supernatural part to prayer, and there's a practical part part to prayer. And this is a great thing. One of the greatest things I love about prayer is that that's just what it is. It's the most supernatural thing you can do and it's, most, and it's the most practical thing that you can do all at the same time. Your job is the practical part. His job is the supernatural. <laughs>